0: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, depending on where you are in the world and certainly where you are on LinkedIn Live. Uh, we are so excited to have you join today. My name is Kate Luzio, the founder and CEO of Luminary, a women's professional and personal growth platform and collaboration hub, but we don't exclude men. We'd always love to say that. Uh, we are a community for all. I am also a former banking executive for close to 20 years in corporate investment banking, working for companies like JP Morgan, HSBC, Bank of America, and prior to that, spent my first couple of years in technology. I've had the opportunity to work around the world and live around the world, and about two and a half years ago, started my own company to and with the mission to advance women in the workforce. My co-host here, who you're gonna hear about and hear from in just a moment. So our mission at Luminary is to really advance women in the workforce across all professional journeys, women in the workforce, so I have a boss, women that are and have started their own companies, founders, entrepreneurs, and then those in transition. This past 15 months, we have seen unprecedented job loss uh, for all, but in particular for women, more than five million women out of the workforce, and despite the main numbers and the jobs report of showing a little bit of progress. Um, we know millions are still out of the job for out of the workforce, looking for jobs, not even looking to come back due to the burdens at home, whether you're a caregiver, elder care, you're a working mom, whatever that looks like. And as we think about what does a return to the office, not a return to work because we've all been working these last 15, 16 months, a return to the office look like, and as companies are thinking about and starting to talk about their policies for their employees, small, medium, and large, Susan and I got together and said, there's gotta be more to this. We've gotta create solutions and not just talk about statistics. So navigating the work compass conversations is starting today. Uh, I'm gonna turn it over to Susan to tell you a little bit about her. And then we're going to get right into the conversation. And every week, we're going to have this at 12 noon Eastern. Um, this week was really to kick it off. And then every week from now on, we will have special guests, in particular leaders, around how they're looking at the situation and how we all navigate the work compass. So, Susan, over to you.
1: Absolutely. So, hey, Kate. Hey, everyone. It's really great to see you. I'm Susan Chapman Hughes, longtime executive um, in many different. both technology, financial services, real estate. Um, And for many of you all who know me, you know that I actually led for several companies for many, many years. So I've had the wonderful opportunity to take many companies through change when it comes to how people work. Um, And the people at Fast Company were nice enough to recognize me as one of the most creative people in business for a lot of the work that I did around that. So um, a lot of uh, my colleagues, a lot of the people that I mentor, a lot of the folks who are in my network calling me, saying I'm really concerned about going back to work. Um, As you all know, for the last year, it has probably been the most extraordinary year that we have experienced ever in our lifetimes. Um, You know, I've got a five-year-old daughter that many of you all know about Parker. And so we were just talking about the kids (coughs) Hate in the fact that they've had to make an adjustment in ways that we never did when we were kids. Imagine having to literally think about how you go to school, how you engage completely differently. That hasn't been any different for the rest of us. And it hasn't just been COVID, right? You layer on all the racial challenges that have happened, all of the craziness with the election here in the United States and all of the unrest across the world people are feeling very anxious and very nervous and they're really struggling with how to navigate. And so as they think about hearing these messages of I've got to go back to work, both Kate and I've heard from so many of you all about just having concerns. And so we said, we're gonna do what every strong woman does. We're gonna put together an advice show. We're gonna take 30 minutes out of our time every week and we're gonna answer your questions. We're gonna provide perspective. We're going to try to help point you in the right direction so that you can think about what makes sense for you and your companies as you're navigating your way back. So here we are. We've got our first session. We'd love to hear your questions. Uh, so please put them in there. But we certainly have some, some things to talk about up front. So, um, Kate, how are you thinking about this? So, you know, Susan, it is kind of crazy to think
0: where we were last March to where we are. And I think both you and I, in having the experience for many, many years in big companies and certainly working with other small companies and advising, um, it is really interesting to see how little some companies are prepared or unprepared and how some decision-making and at least uh, what's been said in the media around some companies saying, we're going back to the office. There's no real flexibility. Um, and so and everything in between. And I think there's companies that are super transparent and at least communicating with their teams. Uh, and then there are companies that still haven't made any sort of decisions or at least in the background. And I think that's the challenge that we hear so much from the companies and the women and the men um, that we work with is this lack of transparency and certainly the decision-making falling in a lot of managers that will likely be ill-prepared to have these conversations.
1: Yes, so what's fascinating to me, I think we should just take a quick step back and think about Um, how has your company actually approached COVID? Uh, Because I think that how they treated you and how you felt over the last year in terms of engagement, supporting your needs and being uh, recognizing what you value will really help determine how you think about your future with that company, particularly as we go back to work. And so what do I mean by that? I think that some companies have done a phenomenal job of recognizing the emotional toll that has gone along with trying to perform despite the circumstances that have gone on. And so they have provided resources for you. They have provided um, connections. They have provided, you know, I heard one company gave everybody in their organization a subscription to Calm. I was like, oh, that's really great. Um, I also have seen other companies make adjustments, understanding particularly for those of us like with small kids or kids who have, you know, going back to school, which has been all over the place, by the way, um, accommodations for people to be able to manage that going forward. And so as we think about going um, back to work, I think the companies that understand what people value are the ones that are gonna win, right? Um, if, if, if a company actually recognizes that there is an actual value proposition for you coming to work and performing very well and what you need to be successful in that, given that it is they hold you, then I think those are the companies that are gonna win. The companies that are leaning back into what happened before are the ones who are gonna struggle. And they may not struggle tomorrow, but I can tell you people are gonna have a lot different choices in the way they work and where they work, and how they work, and the work they want to do, and who they want to work with, as a result of what's happened, and just the the nature of how work has changed over the years. I mean, you know, 25 years ago, everybody's um, desire was to get to the corner office because that right. was the thing that recognized success, right? That made you like the person. Well, guess what? So many young people and not so young people don't really care about the corner office anymore. Right.
0: They care about impact, they care about quality
1: of life. They also care about what their, the
0: value that they're adding to the organization and, and is there a true value? I mean, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head just around what this looks like for the companies and are they actually talking to their employees and gathering that feedback. You know, one of the things that we've seen with a company like Verizon, and and hopefully we'll have Christy, who's the CHRO of Verizon on the show. Um, one of the things that they started back in November of last year was they did basically a beta and said, okay, let's actually ask managers what they know about their employees. What requires their employees to be in an office? What requires them to be at a desk? What what do those jobs look like? So almost reimagining what these roles are versus what they knew for the last 20, 30, 50 years. And then they created, Susan, a questionnaire that said, okay, manager, I want you to answer this questionnaire for every single role or person that you manage. And now let's actually talk about, do those people have primarily home-based jobs, yeah. primarily in the office, or a hybrid. And then they've done this pilot for about 4,000 people. Now granted, they have 150,000 people, but it's, it's a start. And it's actually thinking about the employee versus just throwing benefits. And Calm is a great app, that's amazing. But that's yeah. one piece of the puzzle.
1: So it's interesting uh, to hear you talk about that. So when I used to run Workplace, um, which I ran for American Express and was part of the senior Workplace team at City um i actually had this thought that if you got away from the real estate like the seat itself and got away from the technology and you focused on the end-to-end experience of the employee no matter who touched it that was the thing that would allow people to believe that you valued them that you understood what they needed to be successful and that you could actually um, leverage that information to help organizations to be more productive and to be more forward thinking in the work that they were trying to do. So what was interesting as I went through the various experiences of talking to leaders saying, hey, listen, we wanna change the way we work. Like we wanna change the way we think about things. Um, There were always three groups of people. There were the groups of people that were like, you know what, we're ready to go sounds awesome to me i'm ready to try it i want to jump in i want to go then there were the middle people who were like you know what um i'm actually willing to try it out and then there were the people on the back end who were like hell no i'm not doing that i don't care what you say it's not going to happen i actually remember um we won the chairman's award for innovation um for the program that we had put in place which had never happened for real estate And this guy walks up to me and he goes, you know, I was really trying not to do it. But now that you've won this award, I'm going to look really stupid if I don't do it. (laughs) And I was like, well, look, whatever it takes to get you on board, I'll take it. Um, But I think that, you know, the critical thing for businesses today is to adopt that approach, which is what do your employees really need? When you think about their end to end experience, given the fact that, by the way, many people are managing global teams. The experience of a person sitting here in the United States and even in New York versus Alabama is very different than that of a person who's sitting in India. Yeah. And so I think businesses that actually can do the work and say, okay, what is the end-to-end experience that I need my employees to have to be productive to feel valued and to feel engaged, understanding that that is going to be different for everyone. Because exactly. this is not the time to start thinking about your employees as a monolith. They're not the same. Right. And um, you know, nothing could illustrate this even more to me was last year when George Floyd was murdered. The pressure that I saw many of the African-American employees have to take on. And candidly, the pain on top of what was happening with COVID actually caused many of them to have blips in their performance, right? right? And I had some of my colleagues who were like, oh, you know, well, they're not performing at the level that, you know, I um, would expect them to. And I'm like, if you have to take on the amount of pressure, the amount of challenge, (laughs) the amount of physical pain, mental pain that these people are doing, the fact that they actually still are coming here and being productive is something that you should actually note that they are actually fairly resilient and probably more resilient than some of the people on the team that don't have the same challenges. Right. And so you should key into that. And instead of looking at it as a negative, think about what would happen if you actually supported that person through these challenges gave them the flexibility that they need to address the issues that they had. Not only would you earn their respect, but you'd earn their loyalty and engagement for a very long time. The opposite is if you don't do those things and you don't speak to the the, the to knowing that person and understanding that person. Then that person's going to check out and say, "You know what? I'm out. I'm out." And, and the thing that I think managers have to really remember is that there's company policy, and then there's you in terms of how you manage and what you do. And um, it's almost like, uh, you know, they say real estate is, is local, right? And you know, it's like, you know, the market is local wherever you are. Well, this market is very local. People leave jobs because of the person that they're working for most times, not because of the company policy. So how you manage, and how you influence and create opportunities for your team members and the people who work for you is gonna be really, really critical during this transition time.
0: I completely agree. And you and I have talked about this. I mean, in the old days, and I think still very, very much a reality for most companies, the path to promotion has been manager, right? I need to become a manager. I need to manage people. That's how I show my responsibilities grow. And and absolutely, that's still very critical, right? Depending on the company, the industry, et cetera. However, we have spent very little time investing in training managers to be good managers and good leaders. And so to me, so much of this, right, that's been highlighted over this past year is a lack of good management, a lack of training in managers, and even more so in order to have those conversations, right? with your people to understand their situation, to understand what's going on, to understand what they need and what's a workable solution for both parties, you have to have EQ. You have to actually have empathy. You have to have organic conversation. And I think it goes both ways. But I think one of the things, if we start just throwing out new policy or, hey, this is hybrid. It's two days a week or three days a week and we don't train The managers around it's so far beyond policy it's actually how to manage these teams and have those conversations we just run into a bigger problem that quite frankly we've always had yeah exactly
1: and i love i love you um bringing up the word empathy uh i'm a firm believer that um empathy is the way to lead people if you don't really take the time to put yourself in their shoes Then it's not gonna. They're not gonna ever believe you or fully trust you. And so I'm also a believer in giving people real tactical advice on how to. Some people are naturally empathetic, so they just get it, right? Yeah. But other people aren't. Like very strong on the IQ level, but they don't not so strong on the EQ, and they need actually advice. So I'm speaking to all of you folks out there who are like real technical folks, but need some help on the empathy side. And so the first thing that I would tell you is to do an assessment. Look around you, look at the life that you lead and ask yourself how many people in the circle that you have of friends, of family, of coworkers are different than you? Hmm. How many of them actually have different experiences that you have? How many of them actually grew up in different places that you grew up in? How, How much exposure to different cultures have you actually had over time? And if the answer is very little then i'll tell you you're probably going to have a hard time being empathetic with people because it's a muscle like anything else that you have to nurture and you have to develop the second thing i would tell you is if the answer is no or even if the answer is yes you should challenge yourself to meet five new people who are completely different than you Um, whether that is joining a meetup group and try to do it outside of work, by the way, because, you know, I think work actually like provides this like false level of engagement that people struggle with. But take, try to do it outside of work. But um, find five people who are completely different than you um, and get to know them. Ask them about, you know, the culture that they grew up in. How did they grow up? Where did they grow up? Find out about the food there's a phenomenal um new um documentary on netflix called high on the hog which actually um looks at um it's it's wonderful because it actually looks at the influence of african-american food um across the world in many different facets and so as i was watching it it actually like evoked all these memories of like family and engagement but also of community and things that i think are actually foreign to some people in terms of how they understand. And so food is always a wonderful way. I mean, I lived in, in Asia for a little while and I would always take the time to ask my friends to invite me to their parents' house. Right, so get to, you know, and you know, look, half the stuff on the plate, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can eat that. But, <laughs> um, you know, I remember one time I asked my girlfriend, Lily, I said, you know, would your mom mind taking me to the market with her because I'd love to just go and explore the market through her eyes. And it was so eye opening for me in terms of just cultural traditions of just learning the process of picking food, cooking food, engaging with food about. I learned so much about the folks who were on my team in Asia as a result of those experiences that I would have never gained in the office. And it actually helped me earn a lot, a a hard level of high level of respect from them as a result of it. So find those five people, um, and then think about like, Hey, do that assessment. Like, do I have people in my circle who are different than me because it's going to be really hard for you to sit here as we talk about returning to the office. Um, and as we talk about, you know, adding more diversity to our teams as we return to the office or that we've over, you know, done over the last year to be successful in retaining those people on your teams if you aren't actively doing that. And I would tell you, even for the people that you think are like you, you're going to find out that they're actually probably not as, as alike as you thought they were. And they're things you can learn from the experience there.
0: I would add two things, and, and I think you know both of us have managed teams around the world in our in our in our careers. and And one of the things that I did as a manager, and I always encourage people, I'm, I'm nosy in a, in a very positive way. I want to know my employees. I want to know my employees of my employees. So whether that's one on one, forget the work conversation, forget productivity and performance. Get to know your people, right? And I think over this past year, you've most people have gotten a new window into their people, but really understanding like what are their situations and and what's their passion, and what's their aspiration. At the same time, it's doing roundtables with you know skip levels. It's 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 meeting the teams of the teams and putting yourself out there. And then I would say on the flip side, as an employee, if you're not managing, and even if you are, you're going to have a manager is Being open and telling your manager about the complexities of your life, the situational differences, what you're going through. And some of that is going to be different every day. But if you have that dialogue, then whether I look like you or not, or I come from the same place, you begin to connect on a whole new level. And it's all about the people. We know this, that, you know, the hashtag, Teamwork makes the dream
1: work. Right, right.
0: And if right. you start to lose that, those team members, then it doesn't work anymore. You know, if you're the only one left standing, then you failed.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, I see that Milton has a question here in the chat about how do I think this applies to churches? Um, you know, we were off during the pandemic, but you were never really off. And by the way, I think you probably were doing more of the heavy lifting. Um, than most (laughs) were, because the emotional challenges that people were um, facing, I know many of them turned to their spiritual uh, communities for support. And now that people are vaccinated, they are excited about coming back to church. I know I'm looking forward to going back to church in person. Our church had a a raffle lottery last week. They they allowed 250 people to come into service. And by the way, there's usually thousands of people in service. Wow. But that was just exciting to me to see um, them uh, talking about coming back into service. However, I do think that for any manager who's helped, met, na- helped their teams navigate through really challenging times, you have to actually take a personal responsibility to restore and renew yourself. Yeah. And I think this is something for so many leaders that they oftentimes forget because they are trying to navigate not only the business results, but good managers are also trying to help their teams navigate the other challenges that they're having. And so, um, but you also have to figure out how you nurture and restore yourself. And let me tell you, when you're open and honest about that with your people, that creates another point of connection for you with them. It's so important for them to see you as human and not see you as superwoman or super man or and it's important for them to understand that there is when you show a level of vulnerability of letting them know that you need to get some help as well, it actually makes you more powerful than less. And I think some leaders think that by sharing some of their personal challenges, it makes them less. Um, powerful with their teams and I get it, you know, especially if you're in corporate, things are very cutthroat from time to time. But if you're trying to build true followership where large groups of people are gonna follow you, they wanna find a level of connection and the humanness that it goes with it. And I just tell you, whether you're in a church or you're in a corporation or a business, figuring out how you do the self-renewal yourself Take the time to, you know, whatever it is you do, listen to calm, um, do yoga, exercise, take a few days off, don't answer your emails, um, <laughs> figure out how you really check out. I think that, listen, um, COVID should be teaching all of us that things need to be different. They should never, ever be the same again. I mean, Here in the United States, over 600,000 people lost their life to this disease. I was talking to a friend of mine um, in India, and she was telling me that she doesn't know of anybody um, who hasn't been touched by somebody who's died from it or almost died from COVID. And just think about that. Life is fleeting. Life is very short. And so are you going to go down in history as, you know, working your... to the ground and to the end, for what? I mean, at the end of the day, we're all here to do something to help make this world a better place. And by the way, companies that are mission-driven and who are doing things and creating an organization where people feel connected to community and they feel connected to the social challenges of, of, of the day are the companies that are gonna win, by the way. Yeah, um, those are the companies that are going to be the ones who who are moving forward in the future, and so as leaders, you have to be the ones to to take that on, and to connect with people on that level. You're going to say something, Kate. Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. I was just going to add to what you said earlier to Milton. I, I think, um, you know, it, it, regardless of where you work, it doesn't matter, right? And I think, your Milton, your example around the church and and not understanding what the staff has had to deal with, I think you don't know that until you ask. You don't know that until you actually put yourself out there and talk about it, right? Susan, you know this. I had COVID for the first five weeks yeah. of the pandemic in New York City when. A thousand people a day were dying. I'm trying to keep luminary business. I'm trying to keep my staff supported, you know, all of these things. But if we don't talk about them, if we don't actually engage in dialogue and that empathy that we talk about, then this doesn't work. And I think, you know, as we think about return to the office and solutions versus let's just talk about the old way we did it, that's how we must be focused solutions oriented, how do we make it a win-win for the organization and for our employees? And you know what? It's hard, but it's doable when you're all working towards the same goal.
1: Yes. So I know we're almost at time because we committed that we're gonna do 30 minutes. And so we're gonna challenge you to invite your friends back to this conversation next week. So this has been exciting. I know that um, I'm getting pinged here from a few folks. Um, who are you know appreciative of the conversation. and so um, we're excited, and we're gonna look forward to helping you navigate the work compass.